gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. to my two cents podcast hosted by g2 i am g2 this is episode 128 which is entitled questionable behavior and before i get to today's topics let me read you guys the national food days of the week today being may 28th it is burger day as well as brisket day tomorrow may 29th memorial day it is biscuit day may 30th it is mint julep day which is also an alcoholic beverage so please drink responsibly may 31st the last day of may it is macaroon day then we go off to June 1st, it is Hazelnut Cake Day. June 2nd, it is Rotisserie Chicken Day, as well as Rocky Road Day, and also Donut Day. And to finish us off, June 3rd, it is Egg Day and Chocolate Macaroon. Now, before I get into the global uh, news, technically this is global news, what I'm about to say is, but I want to wish condolences to uh, the friends and family of Tina Turner. She passed away this week. Um, there was a litany of outpouring from celebrities that came when they heard about Tina Turner passing away. She uh, passed away at the age of 83 this Wednesday in Switzerland, uh, right next to her husband in their home. And once the news came out, again, plethora of people started coming out with their uh, tributes to Miss Tina Turner. The actress Angela Bassett, who played Tina Turner in the 1993 uh, biographical film was love got to do with it she would write on instagram how do we say farewell to a woman who owned her pain and trauma and use it as a means to help change the world through her courage and telling her story her commitment to stay in the course in her life no matter the sacrifice and her determination to carve out a space in rock and roll for herself and for others who look like her tina turner showed others who lived in fear what a beautiful future filled with love compassion and freedom should look like her final words to me for me where you never mimic me instead you reached deep into your soul found your inner tina and showed her to the world i shall hold those words close to my heart for the rest of my days i am honored to have known tina turner i am humbled to have helped show her to the world so on today while we mourn the loss of this iconic voice and presence she gave us more than we could have ever asked she gave us her whole self and tina turner is a gift that will always be simply the best. Angels sing thee to thy rest, Queen. President Biden said in a statement that Tina Turner was a once-in-a-generation talent that changed American music forever. She was powerful, she was unstoppable, and she was unapologetically, well, unapologetically herself. Former uh, President Barack Obama would tweet, and just a few more, not just a few, a lot of celebrities would just be tweeting out their memories and their tributes and the condolences just to uh, Tina Turner and how much well she meant to them. Motown founder Barry Gordon said in a statement that her impact on music and entertainment will live on forever. She was a true original, a true superstar. Dionne Warwick said in a statement, not only will I miss that eternal ball of energy named Tina Turner, but the entire world will also find this void in their lives. Rest in peace, my friend. Just so much people would be just tweeting her out and Tina Turner to me I know her just because of the what's love got to do with it the movie and knowing about the abuse that she took from Ike Turner and turning in 
to the big powerhouse that she ended up becoming after she left Ike Turner. I mean, she was able to literally jumpstart her career more and more after she left. I mean, she was already a star, but after she left Ike, it just seemed like she went to another uh, stratosphere and she was able to just accomplish so many things. I mean, just to read off a couple of her awards here, she's a three-time AMA uh, award winner. She is Billboard winner. She's a Kennedy Center Honors honoree in 2005. She's has her a star on the Hollywood Rock of Hollywood Walk of Fame, excuse me, and also a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer twice. She's won multitudes of Grammys. I mean, the list goes on and on for what Tina Turner has done, but I think the most important thing that she has done in her life besides the music is that showing that you could be in an abusive relationship, but you could come out the other side being a star. You could come out the other side knowing who you are and just learning from that experience and just going past further than what your abuser might want you to. So in my eyes, that's what I see from Tina Turner. Again, it's from the movie, what's love got to do with it, but also just hearing about the abuse in people from her life talking about what she had to endure and you can see the after effects from what she became after that whole situation to see Tina Turner become the actual star that she was meant to be. Now, before I go off to the other international topics here, I want to end with playing one of Tina Turner's favorite songs that she wrote for herself. And it's not one that I don't think a lot of people know. I know I didn't know this until my mother had to look this up because I asked about what song do you think I should play. And she just looked up something that Tina Turner liked. And this is one of her own songs that she liked. And it's Nutbush uh, City Limits. She would say that I wrote the song on my own. I am very proud of it. And I wrote it about my hometown, which is where this whole journey started. So this was literally one of Tina Turner's favorite songs that she's ever written so to end off this tribute to the legendary tina turner here's nutbush city limits Stepping away from the tribute to Tina Turner, let's get into other international news. Uh, there was a shooting incident that happened in Japan that left four people dead. The suspect has been arrested, as it was stated from CNN. The suspect in a shooting and stabbing incident that left four people dead in central Japan is now in police custody, according to Japanese public broadcaster uh, citing local police earlier Friday. Police in 
Nakano City received a call on Thursday with reports that a man stabbed a woman, a city police official told CNN. When officers rushed to the scene, the suspect fired something resembling a hunting rifle, striking four people before barricading himself inside of a building, the officer added. Among the casualties is a woman in her 40s who was taken to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. Two other police officers have also died from their injuries. The officers were ages 46 and 61, according to the police, and a fourth person died Friday, police said, according to Japanese public broadcaster NHK. Citing investigative sources, NHK said police in Nagona, or Nagono, sorry, don't know how to pronounce that word, requested the Metropolitan Police Department to dispatch a special investigative team specializing in dealing with barricading incidents to the site and they would eventually arrest the 31 year old farmer on suspicion of killing a 61 year old police officer by shooting him in the chest with what appears to be a hunting rifle so now they have that man arrested right now and at the time of this recording i don't think they have a motive for this and still japan they don't like dealing with guns like that is a shocking incident whenever you hear about a, sh a shooting happening in japan I think a lot of other countries don't deal with too much shootings as much as America do. So this is starting to show the way of the world and how it's starting to change, at least in other countries. So expect probably within the next couple of years, some type of gun reform or something over there in Japan. I don't think they play like that. So I think they're going to try, try to at least take care of all those gun incidents that are trying to arise. I mean, last year, their longest reigning uh, prime minister, he got shot. I remember talking about that. And they end up catching a man. So, again, I think it's starting to show that people in Japan are starting to do the shooting. But I think Japan's going to probably kill that out before it starts to really become rampant over there. So, when more information comes about, like if a uh, law comes about or something like that, I'll bring it to you guys here. But, again, shocking developments that happened in Japan this week. And I wanted to talk about something else that happened, not in Japan, but something in uh, South America. As it's come from Insider, a teen girl who had her phone confiscated set her school dormitory on fire, police said, and 19 children did die. A teenager is accused of setting a fire that killed 19 fellow students in Guyana. A dormitory blaze that killed 19 children in Guyana was set by a teenage student who was upset that her cell phone had been taken away, officials say. The fire broke out at the school in South America country late on Sunday. They're talking about last Sunday. A statement from the Guyana Fire and Rescue Service said the blaze was maliciously set. National Security Advisor Gerald Govia told the Associated Press that the suspect in the incident, a pupil at the student, was accused of setting the dorm on fire after being disciplined for having a liaison with an older man. A female student is suspected of having set the devastating fire because her cell phone was taken away by the dorm mother and a teacher. The Associated Press will report that the dormitory had been locked to stop the girls from sneaking out at night. Gerald told the Associated Press that the house mother had been asleep inside the building and panicked when she could not find the keys to unlock the doors. But in the process, she didn't make it out, but lost her five-year-old child in the fire, he would say. When firefighters arrived, the fire and concrete building that housed the 57 children were engulfed in flames. The fire service said the building's windows was heavily barred and five doors were locked. It added, it said 38 students made it out after firefighters broke holes in the wall and those who got out, including six severely injured children who were airlifted to Georgetown, 
Guyana's capital city were receiving medical treatment. The fire service shared a video of their efforts on Facebook. An unnamed official said that the girl had admitted to setting the fire. The people accused of lighting the fires under police supervision in the hospital. The outlet said with police considering whether char to charge her. So right now they have no idea if they're going to charge her or not. And this is just, eh, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that the person that set the fire is still living while countless of people are dead because of that person getting their phone taken away and they feel that they had to light this whole building on fire with themselves in it. This was stupid at its highest form. I mean, 19 of your other pupils are dead because of you. 19 other people are dead because of you because your phone got taken away because you were probably texting your dude. Who, by the way, the police are going to uh, look into to see if they can charge said guy because he was seeking or well, seeing someone under the age of 16 at the time. So they're going to try to charge him with statutory. But this right here, it just it doesn't seem right to me at all. It doesn't seem right that the person that is the person that set the fire is still living. It doesn't seem right to me. If you want to do that. Make sure nobody is around you if you want to do that, but first seek some help. Seek some type of counseling or something. Do not go to the quick rash to say, well, I got to set this whole thing on fire or I got to do something drastic. This is not the way to go. So anybody within the sound of my voice is hearing this. If you have someone that's older than you or someone that's in power, take your stuff. Do not try to set something on fire. Do not try to do something so hastily and so rash. Try to think and just calm yourself down and think of a plan how to get your item back in the most sane way to do it. Because this right here was not the sane way. I don't even think she got her cell phone back, to be completely honest with you. They do say that they are going to keep uh, the girl in juvenile detention. So, yeah, that's right here with this. I feel sorry for the parents that lost their children because of someone's uh, deed. But this is the world that we're living in right now. Now, moving away from international news, let's get to American news. The first thing I want to talk about is Memorial Day. Memorial Day is tomorrow, and I hope everybody's going to have a great Memorial Day. I hope everybody's starting to have a great Memorial Day weekend. Just want to start that off. But secondly, I have a question for the government. Why are you guys taking off on Memorial Day? Since you guys are making such a big deal about this uh, debt ceiling and what's going to happen if you guys don't, fix this whole uh, agreement before the debt ceiling uh, cutoff date. Why are you guys taking days off right now? Because as of right now, as I'm speaking, the government or the people that are in the government, the top leaders, they are right now chilling with their family and friends on their vacation homes or in another uh, country or on a remote island somewhere. And they're not really worried about the debt ceiling, if you will. They took off on Friday. Thursday was their last day working. Friday, they're off, and they're going to be back on a Tuesday. I don't understand how they're off right now if this debt ceiling is such a big thing. Now, I had to look into what that means as a whole thing, because, again, this is above my pay grade, and I think it's above a lot of people's uh, pay grade or a lot of people's... Uh, regular spectrum of knowing what any of this crap means. So I'm just going to break it down in layman's terms. The U.S. government owns, well, owes trillions of dollars in debt to foreign entities, including governments, central banks, companies, and individual investors. 
Uh, this debt includes U.S. Treasury bonds and other securities, which are popular as they consider safe investments. Many nations buy U.S. Treasury securities, also called treasuries, because they are considered one of the safest investments options available. So with that, we are being bought from other places. We are collecting debt from other places. We are just hemorrhaging money from other people. We're just constantly borrowing, borrowing money, and we got to pay it back. That's how usual debt works. And I get that. Cool, fine, whatever. But you mean to tell me you guys couldn't figure this stuff out before you guys go off on vacation? You mean to tell me that you guys couldn't work it out while you got people that are not in the government, people that are working regular nine-to-five jobs, they are going to be at work right now. They're going to be at work on Memorial Day. They're not home with their friends. They're not home with their family. They're off. No, they're going to be at work. Now, I had to look up what type of jobs or what type of businesses are open on Memorial Day, and they would say most retail uh, shops are open, most grocery stores, restaurants, and uh, major retail stores will be open, but there are some exceptions to the rules. Costco will be closed, uh, UPS will be closed, FedEx will be closed, and as usual, federal, state, and city governments will be closed on Memorial Day. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service will be closed, and the banks will be closed. ATMs and online banking will remain open, but major retailers, fast food joints, restaurants, grocery stores, all that type of stuff where you will be needing to collect your food and all that crap from for you to have a great cookout and all that stuff on Memorial Day, they will be open and having their workers continue to work on Memorial Day instead of spending time with their family and friends or just anyone else. But you mean to tell me that our government leaders, they're not working to figure out this whole debt thing. I think this whole debt thing is nothing but a big fugazi ball. I think it's nothing but a big sham, to be honest with you. I think when it comes down to debt and government and the whole nation and countries with debts, it's stupid. We have the opportunity, we have the machines to make money. We have that to pay debts off. I think it's another way to just keep people afraid and try to figure out what's going to happen if this doesn't get settled. It's stupid. It's nothing but a big scare tactic, at least in my idea and my whole way of thinking. Because when you have to get somebody their money, or you have to figure out a way to get them their money, there's no day off for you. There's no way you're not figuring these things out. There's no way you're not trying to squeeze an idea out to say, okay, this is what I got to do to pay this off to this person so they won't try to wring my neck. Right now, it seems that the American government, the people at the top, they're laxadaisical about this. They're not caring. At least that's what's coming off. They might do this whole uh, government theater to the people saying, oh, we care about this and that. We need to hurry up and make this deal go through. No. I see that as nothing but a big scam, a big lie. I think this whole thing is nothing but a scam and lie, to be honest with you. The government is nothing but scams and lies, but this is the world and this is the government that we have to play by and abide by. Because if not, you're going to jail. Or you get your stuff taken away from you legally because they think that they can do that and they can because they're the government. Who am I, right? 
until we get a big national uprising. But again, that's until we get to that. And one day it might happen. But for this thing to be such a big hullabaloo for these past weeks that you will hear this on the news and just out of curiosity, I'm just trying to figure out why our people at the top are not trying to work on this or at least trying to uh, work on this during the holidays. I just don't understand how they're not, but that's just me, right? That's just one guy's opinion about trying to figure out how big wigs that are sitting around like fat rats, not trying to figure out this whole debt ceiling that they're uh, claiming is such a big catastrophe because they don't figure this thing out. Some uh, <laughs> some benefits will be cut. I know one that hits home personally is the VA benefits. Again, with all the vets that I've talked to in my past uh, research and even just knowing certain vets and knowing the benefits that they have to hear that their benefits might get cut if this whole debt ceiling crap doesn't get figured out is disgusting. That just proves that this nation technically doesn't care about their veterans as well. I don't know what other type of benefits or what other type of programs might get cut because of the debt ceiling might not get quote-unquote fixed. But again, just let y'all marinate with that. Why are they not working to get their uh, situation done? Why are they not working to get this crap done? But they're home somewhere sipping Mai Tais with family and friends. Just something to throw out there. Now, moving off of me just questioning things, my first technically official topic for the United States is something that came about from the Los Angeles Times, and it would state a California ghost town sells for $22.6 million to a mysterious company. One of California's biggest ghost towns has been sold to a mysterious buyer whose plans are unclear. Eagle Mountain, located in Riverside County near the southeast corner of Joshua Tree National Park, was once a bustling iron mine. The 10,000-acre site has sold for nearly $22.6 million, according to Securities and Exchange Commission records. For decades, the mine and company town around it have been abandoned, occasionally used in films like Christian Nolan's Tenet. Now, continuing on in the article, they would state that an SEC filing on April 17th when Eagle Mountain Acquisitions sold what is called Kaiser Eagle Mountain 2 Ecology Mountain Holdings. The price was $22,580,000. Now, they will speak to the president of Greater Palm Springs Film Office, who coordinates movies and television shoots at the mining location and has been in contact with the new buyer, uh, Ecology Mountain Holdings, and they will say that we're going to continue to operate as normal and they offer no more information about the transaction. So, right now, Los Angeles or California just in general, you have a new buyer in your state. You have a new buyer uh, that bought up apparently one of the biggest ghost towns out there. I didn't know this was such a big thing until the Los Angeles Times wrote about it. And again, this still goes about people just buying up acres and acres of land. Last year, I talked about... uh, Bill Gates swooping in, I believe it was Wyoming or North Dakota, one of the two. He swooped in and people were upset with him buying just big abundance of land. Nope, it was North Dakota. It was 2,100 acres. There it is. 
I talked about that last year and I said, I don't understand why he bought up that much acres. And I gave out the information that, yo, whenever you see land and you have the money to buy it, you probably want to buy it. And I still stand on that to this day. If you have the money to buy land, you probably want to buy land because guess what? Land is the only thing that's going to constantly not devalue, but always go up as the years go by because you can always keep your land. Sure, you have to pay your uh, land taxes on it every single year, but land is something that's yours and nobody can take away from you unless you don't pay your land taxes. When you have land, you have power because land is not something that can constantly be made. Yes, they tear down trees, they can do all that type of stuff, but there's always going to be some type of restrictions, some type of lines that even certain people in government are not going to try to cross and say, yo, we need to keep that. Trees need to be in place for this location here because something happens, yada, yada, yada. Or we need to preserve the wildlife that's there. You don't want to see deers and all the other type of wild creatures just popping out on the streets. That's going to be made whenever you see all these uh, trees and wildlife secluded areas get teared down right next to a road because you know when they do that, more likely they're expanding the road out. It's all for government benefits. But point being, land is something that cannot be made. It's not going to happen. Land it is what it is. The earth is the earth. Whatever lands on the earth, that's all you have here. And having land under your name is power. Period. Point blank. You're going to see governments trying to come in and trying to offer you money. There's been times whenever they do that to people because they want their land, because they want to uh, make businesses go to that land marking spot location over there, or they want to try to do something else. That's what land is in the government wants the land. Companies want the land. People want land. Big business wants land. So for the person that is not in big business, for the average nine to five or the people that are working check to check or people just in middle class in general, if you have land, keep it. Do not try to sell it unless you have well, unless you're old, old, and you're not trying to keep up with that land anymore, and you don't have no other relatives to give that land to, sure, you sell that. Then that's fine for you. Do whatever you want with that. But if you have a family, you have a lineage, and a legacy that you want to leave to someone, leave them the land. Leave them land. Leave them uh, some instructions on how to take care of the land. Leave them and show them the way how they take care of land taxes, how you can pay that off, and keep riding them on it every year to make sure that they pay it because again once the government finds out that you did not pay your land taxes guess what they're going to swoop in and they're going to take it away from you as quick as they can because things are getting real crazy out here that's the truth but getting back to this article here i just want to let everyone know that something's on the way i don't know what it is but something is on the way that people need to really keep their eyes out for i don't know if big business is going to be just demolishing land and demolishing uh, places to put something else up there for the future, like smart locations, smart uh, metropolis areas, or whatever the case may be. Something is on the way with you seeing big companies, big business, buying land, big cornucopias of land. Something's coming. So I'm going to keep my eye on that whenever I see uh, articles about companies buying big amounts of land, and I'm just going to constantly try to piece it all together to see what's happening, what's coming on. 
Well, for the people, again, that have land, do not try to sell it. Again, unless you're old, then you do what you want. But if you have a family, and again, family, legacy, and all that good stuff, try to keep it within the family. Try to preserve it, because guess what? Again, land does not depreciate. It always continues to go up year by year, because somebody wants to have that land. Somebody's going to want to try to pay top dollar for that land. And just in case, if you do want to sell that land to them, try to squeeze every bit of money that you can out of them because guess what you got to play the government that with any best option that you can play them to your best ability beat them at their own game you get my drift beat them and use whatever you can to make sure your property goes up and guess what you drive that price point up so they can pay you top dollar that's only if you want to sell your land but for me i ain't trying to sell land now on to our next topic here, as this comes from Insider, as the title would read, the 11-year-old Mississippi boy who was shot by police after calling 911 has been telling his mom, it's the cop's fault, it's not yours. Last Saturday, an 11-year-old Mississippi boy named Adrian Murray was shot by a police officer after calling 911 for help, and now that he's home recovering, he's been urging his mom to blame the police and not herself, according to the family attorney. Adrian Murray was shot in the chest early Saturday morning, shortly after Indianola police officers arrived at his home in response to a domestic disturbance call. The Murray's family's attorney, Carlos Moore, said one of the officers had ordered everyone in the house to come out with their hands up, but when Adrian complied, the officer opened fire. Moore told Insider in an interview that Adrian remembers the entire incident and began receiving counseling on Friday to help cope with the trauma. In the meantime, he's been reassuring his own mother that she did nothing wrong. He told his mom not to worry. It was not her fault. She was blaming herself, and he's trying to encourage her not to blame herself. He told us, it's the cop's fault. It's not your fault. He was doing all he could to protect his mom, and he ends up getting shot. Moore said he's outraged at the police department handling of the situation. Moore said the officer involved has been put on paid leave, which he called a paid vacation for shooting someone. Moore added that the Murray family hopes to eventually see the officer charged with aggravated assault. The, the police department has also so far refused to release the footage, citing an ongoing investigation, though Moore noted that other police departments have previously released body camera footage within hours of the shooting incident. Moore said he believes the police department reluctance to release the footage immediately indicates that the footage will spark public outcry. Uh, the police department declined commenting to insider stating state authorities are still investigating the shooting. So with reading that any you know the police department, I'm just going to let y'all know you guys are on the wrong side of this. If you guys have footage of this, and I understand it's an ongoing investigation, people on top of you are going to be looking at the footage to determine and go through uh, legal to see if you can even release the footage, but... You guys are dead wrong for this. I'm just letting y'all guys know that off top. People are going to wonder why you guys have not released that footage yet. When you hear about an 11-year-old boy getting shot, it's not the greatest thing. Again, as I said before, and I've stated back to this constantly, more prevalently, I said it on my Wednesday episode, midweek breakdown, children are the most precious thing on this planet. And for you to tell me that... An 11-year-old boy who called the 911, who called the police department himself because of a dispute that might have been happening inside the home, right? He is the one that ends up getting shot. No adults. He is the one that ends up getting shot here. That's a problem. 
The police officers call and tell everybody to come out with their hands up. Everybody does so. And you mean to tell me the only one that gets shot in this matter is the boy. Again, I don't know what happened. Footage has not been released yet, but I'll be damned if you're going to tell me that that doesn't sound like something. Somebody got trigger happy and thought that they probably saw something, which, again, to me, is the most dumbest thing ever. <sighs> I wish sometimes dispatch or the call center will tell the police officers, hey, yo, this is who's calling, and it sounds like a child or it sounds like an adult or whoever it may be. I wish that they would do that. It just seems that they don't, because if that would have been the case, I don't think that we would have saw a police officer or even heard about a police officer shooting an 11-year-old child. I don't think that would have been the case at all. I think that it just would have been, okay, police officers get there, they do their job, and if someone had got roughed up, it would probably been an adult, not a child. And in this case right now, we have an 11-year-old boy who's recovering, who's now trying to comfort his mom because his mom probably feels that this is all her fault because they're the adult in this situation and that her baby boy got shot in this situation because of a domestic dispute inside the home. Now you have the 11-year-old boy trying to comfort his mom saying, hey, it's okay, it's fine. You guys are not to blame for this. Cops are to blame for this. So you have this 11-year-old boy trying to comfort his mom all the while, as he is trying to just get over getting shot in the chest, it's completely insane when you think about it. This 11-year-old boy has to deal with the mental toll of his mom just trying to reassure her that everything is good. It's not her fault. This is insane. Now, the family lawyer will tell the insider that his firm is preparing to file a federal lawsuit to obtain the body camera footage, and he hopes to also obtain footage from a nearby gas station. Now, with the family lawyer wanting this to come out, if they ever get the footage, you more than likely the media is probably going to get it. You're going to hear it and see it on ABC, CBS, all these different news outlets, and you're going to see what really happened here. Again, this incident just isn't right, especially after knowing the detail that this was just the 11-year-old boy who made the call, and he's the one that ends up getting shot. So, again, when more material comes out, more information comes out, I'll be bringing you that information and material onto this podcast. Now, on to the next topic here, as this comes from CNN. As the title will read, Gabby Petito's parents get burned after reading letter from Brian Laundrie's parents in civil lawsuit. Gabby Petito's parents now have a copy of a letter Brian Laundrie's mother wrote to her son, which included references to getting a shovel and burying a body. Attorneys for both sides argued in Florida courtroom Wednesday over whether the letter is relevant to the lawsuit brought by Gabby Petito's parents against Laundrie's parents and the Laundrie's former attorney. The envelope containing the letter, which is undated, said burn after reading and was recovered from Brian Laundrie's backpack when his remains were found in October 2021. As we all know, the letter references burying a body, bringing a shovel, and burying a body. Petito's family attorney, Patrick Riley, said in a courtroom Wednesday, those are criminal acts, by the way, that Roberta Laundrie has said she would commit. The Petitos sued the Laundries for emotional distress in connection with Gabby Petito's death while traveling the western United States with Brian Laundrie, her fiancé. Laundrie came home from the trip without Petito and disappeared several weeks later. Gabby Petito's remains were found at Wyoming's Bridgerton's National Park, well, National Forest, in September 2021, and her death was ruled a homicide 
Before taking his own life, Brian Laundry wrote in a notebook he was responsible for her death, according to the FBI. His remains were found the next month in a preserve not far from his parents' home in Northport, Florida. Attorneys for Brian Laundry's parents fought to not turn over the letter, arguing that it's not relevant to the civil lawsuit brought by Petito's parents. In an affidavit filed before the hearing, Roberta Laundry wrote she doesn't know the exact date of the letter, but that she wrote it before Brian left with Gabby Petito for the trip in hopes it would have repaired her relationship with her son. Now, the lawsuit that the Petito family has on the Laundry family states or alleges that outrageous behavior of internal infliction of emotional distress by the Laundry family on the Petito family during the time Gabby was missing. The couple refused to return calls or texts to the Petito family as they were frantically trying to find their daughter. It says the Laundries have argued in court filings they had no duty to Petito's family. Now, I understand where people might say that's a scummy thing to say. I completely understand on that type of the uh, side of the coin, but I've also been on record saying that hey, if my sibling has done something nasty or foul or flagrant, I wouldn't be turning them in because that's my sibling, that's my blood. So I see where the laundries were thinking with this. However, where you guys mess up is when you write a letter, the mother wrote a letter to her son saying that she hoped that it would uh, repair the relationship that she has with her son. Now, with you saying that, as the lawyer for the Petito family have already said in court, and I've already said before here, that in said letter, you're talking about burying a body in referencing a shovel in that, and this is stuff that the mother has admit that she would uh, commit these type of criminal crimes. Well, that's what the lawyers are alleging here in said letter. This was more made out to seem that this is a letter for you to tell your son what to do. And now that the letter has been recovered by the police officers and they're giving that letter off to the Petito family, you guys are just trying to get that thrown out of court. That's not going to happen. I think a judge is going to let that uh, letter be relevant in the court proceeding because that is emotional distress. That is emotional distress at the top of his form because you guys knew what your son was doing. You guys knew what was happening. Well, this is all allegedly still because, again, nobody's been found guilty of anything. So, allegedly, you knew what your son was doing. You knew about what was happening. You knew that your son killed their daughter. You knew about all of that the while, while Gabby Petito's family knew nothing. They were just trying to find where their daughter was, frantically trying to see and have missing uh, things go up. Have you seen my daughter? This and that. It's just a whole complete debacle in itself. Now, again, as a parent, I'm not a parent, but I can see from a parent mindset, you're not going to snitch on your kid. You're not going to do nothing to your kid. You're not going to try to damage your kid. If anything, you're going to try to keep your kid safe. But the thing is, when Gabby Petito's mother and father asks you, the parents of the boyfriend, your son, have you seen my daughter with your son? Have you seen them? Have you seen anything? Has he called you or any of that? You have to look at them in their eyes as parents and lie to them. You're going to lie to them. And that's going to hurt whenever the truth comes out that you guys had full knowledge of everything. Again, this is alleged because nobody's been went to jail for this. You guys knew what happened. You guys knew that she was dead. 
You knew that your boy was going to be on the run for this. You knew that your boy probably did it. You knew this. So, it's not good for you because, again, you're not going to turn on your kid. But you now have to sit and watch as another family is just soaking in pain and soaking in confusion until they find out that their daughter truly is dead and that it was your boy. Now that family has no other choice but to sue you. And this is exactly what's going on here. Now, again, because they did no criminal charges or criminal acts, technically, um, this is nothing but a civil case. So more likely they'll get money out of this. I know they probably want these uh, parents to go to jail, personally. I think people in America will want that to happen. But again, if it was your kid, what would you do? Would you turn your kid in? Would you tell your kid just to keep going on the run? Don't call me. Don't do nothing. You kind of burn that bridge now because I can get looked at by the FBI or looked at by law enforcement in general. What do you do in that matter whenever your kid has done something so criminal that now, yeah, sure, you're going to help him because you're a kid, but now you're more likely an accomplice now because you know things. What's going to happen whenever the real world finds out about it? That's basically what we're having here. Brian Laundrie's parents, they are victims in this, but their kid did it and they helped their kid out, allegedly. Again, it's all alleged. So now Brian Laundrie's parents have to deal with this. This is the bed that their kid made, and now they have to lay in it as parents. So, again, I feel sad for them, but I feel more sad for the Gabby Petito's parents because, again, they lost their daughter, and you guys could have eased out the pain a little bit, but again, Laundry's parents uh, weren't trying to sell out their son, so this whole thing's nothing but a mess, and I feel sorry for both families, but again, more of my sympathy goes over to Gabby Petito's family. Now, moving away from that sad news here, I want to talk about something that has been grappling this past week with people and animals. For this past week, there's been three incidents now where animals have basically took body parts of humans. First, you had a man have his arm getting ripped off, I believe, in Florida. You had a woman that went to Turks and Caicos, and she had a body part getting, like, bit off of her. And now, here's this one that comes from CBS News, and it would say that a man was killed by 40 crocodiles that pounced after he fell into their enclosure. Loon Nun, 72, was trying to move a crocodile out of a cage where it had laid eggs when it grabbed the stick he was using as a god and pulled him in. The main group of reptiles then sat about him, tearing his body to pieces and leaving the concrete enclosure at the farm in Shimreap awash with blood. Loon Nun was the president of the local Crocodile Farmers Association, but his family may now sell his stock after urging him for years to stop raising the crocodiles. Okay. Um, (laughs) I don't understand what's going on here now. This has been three animal attacks in the past week. I don't know what's going on or what's happening, to be truly honest with you, with animals just attacking the humans, but something is amiss. Like, the world is really changing out here. I don't remember hearing about animals just tearing humans up like that. Like, no. 
yeah, sure, you get the occasional shark bite or you get the occasional uh, someone getting stung here or there, but people are losing appendages this past week. Two people. And now you got a person completely just getting ate up by 40 crocodiles. Yeah, sure, it was an old man, but still, he got ate up by 40 crocodiles. I don't know what's going on. I have my own conspiracy theories. I have my theory that whenever Harambe died, that thing just went a whole shockwave throughout the whole animal kingdom. Again, I feel that way because for some reason, after that happened, you started to see, or at least for me, I started to see that animals were becoming way more smarter than what they were previously. I started to see animals just communicate with other animals way more frequently, and I was able to watch them, and they had like human-like tendencies, like in certain videos that you see now, there are certain animals that will act like a human or they will do something that only us humans will do and it just shocks people. And I see that on Instagram and I'll see that on Twitter. I'll see that on YouTube. Somebody just recording that and it just further just proves my point. Again, animals are smarter. They're getting more smarter as the years go by and it just feels that there's almost an uprising coming of animals are going to just one day flip the switch and it's literally going to be us versus the animals and some people might be safe some people might be not that's just my whole theory about it but this week it just really just kind of nudged me in that direction of yo it's coming and i know when that time comes about i know i'm going to be safe because i don't mess with animals like that i don't like pets like that to be truly honest with you I really don't. If a pet comes right next to me, yeah, sure, I'll pet it or whatever, but I'm not going to just like try to grab a dog, try to grab a cat, try to pet a bird, try to do all this type of stuff that you see people do. I like to be by myself and just some reason animals literally just either walk right up to me or either I just have this thing where pets will literally be around me. So again, I know I'm going to be safe when that time comes around, but I want everybody to be out there, be just know that something might be coming because again, three bites or three attacks like this in a week is just setting off an alarm in my head again, just to warn people something's afoot, something's coming up. Now, moving away from that, I want to talk about something that NBC News was covering and it's talking about Target quietly moves uh, pride merchandise in some stores as conservative activists declare victory. Target came under intense scrutiny this week after the retail giant announced that it was pulling some LGBTQ-themed merchandise following what a corporate spokesperson described as threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being at work. Target customers posted videos on TikTok showing that Pride merchandise displays had been moved to less visible locations, including the back of the store. So disappointed in Target right now, one TikTok user wrote in a caption to a video apparently recorded at a Target location in Tennessee. You literally hid your LGBTQ support so as to not offend hateful, small-minded people. Don't seem too concerned about offending your own employees and loyal customers, though. In a statement Tuesday night, a spokesperson for Target said the company has offered an assortment of products aimed at celebrating Pride Month for more than a decade, but since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being at work. Given these volatile 
circumstances, the spokesperson said, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. Our focus now is on moving forward with our continuing commitment to the LGBTQIA community and standing with them as we celebrate Pride Month and throughout the year. The company did not immediately reply to a question about how the corporate decision might be perceived by members of the LGBTQ community. So right now, this is a problem for Target because right now you have two groups getting at you. You have the LGBTQ group getting at you because you guys are hiding some of the pride support, well, pride memorabilia in the back to calm down people that do not support LGBTQ stuff being pushed on will be pushed out there to the public like that. So that's a problem, right, all in itself, to be completely honest with you. Because as a store, and as you guys have said in your statement, you guys have been supporting the LGBTQ community for about a decade. So with you guys pushing their products to the back, pushing that to the back, that's a problem in their eyes, and that'll be a problem in anybody's eyes. Now, with the opposite side of the spectrum, you have people that don't really support the LGBTQ community like that. They are out here being heathens in your stores, and you just want to look out for the safety of your employees because you don't want them to be in any type of confrontation with people that are trying to tear up a store. And in business mindset, you might be thinking, listen, those are just clothes. Those are products. We don't want any of our employees to get hurt. That's what you're thinking. So I can see that being the case. So Target right now, they're in a 50-50 situation, but I think, to be completely honest with you, I think they need to put the LGBTQ stuff back in the front. Don't try to hone it off in the back and try to make it not be less obvious for people. Because if you stand on your guns 10 toes down in the sand and stick with those, guess what? Everything's just going to be what it is. People might not like it. People might not agree with your messaging. But guess what? If you have been rocking with something for 10 years, why are you going to try to change it now? Just because somebody's causing a hissy fit in your store? Tearing down a sign here or there? Ooh, it's a sign. No, people are paying money for this product. People are paying money for whatever you're trying to sell to them. Don't try to pander to someone that is just afraid of something that they don't like. Don't do that. So Target, if I were you, just go back to putting that merchandise back in the front of the store where it's visible for people to see and for the people that don't like it, guess what? If they don't like it, they can easily leave. And also your employees, they can easily call the cops or something like that because they're damaging uh, company property. They're damaging that type of stuff. And I know there's some type of law for that for the love of God. We live in America where we have a lot of dumb laws and you mean we don't have laws to look out for a store? which I know there is one, trust me, a store can find one, so just call the cops on them. You guys have cameras in your store. If not, invest in that. Invest in cameras in your store and just get what you got to get for that and call the cops for whenever someone is damaging the pride sign and any type of other memorabilia that you guys have. Again, don't try to kill off one side of the coin because the other side is not liking it. No. Put your feet 10 toes down in the sand and stand on your guns and keep what you're going to keep and don't just foil to the people that's causing a big hissy fit like children. So again, stand on your guns. Don't uh, cower to these people. Don't cower to these cowards, to be completely honest with you. 
Now, moving over to something that I found funny, at least for me. Now, this comes from NBC News as it would read, Texas School District Commencement called off after only five of the 33 prospective students eligible to graduate. A high school commencement ceremony in Texas was called off after the district found that only five of the 33 grads were eligible to cross the stage, officials said Friday. Maryland High School, about 120 miles south of downtown Dallas, has been set to pass out diplomas on Thursday before the Maryland Independent School District revealed that a number of pupils did not meet requirement due to attendance or grades. In announcing the commencement postponement, Superintendent Daryl Henson said that students in his district will be held to the same high standard as any other student in Texas. We maintain high expectations, not as an imposition, but as a show of faith in our students' abilities, Henson said in a statement to the community. Now, having said all that, the superintendent and his staff would go through the students' files to figure out why they were not eligible to uh, meet the requirements to, well, basically graduate. And some of them included failing grades, um, attendance, verification, and documentation issues. They gave the students more time to fix all these things up so they could graduate. And as of Friday, uh, 27 other 33 students can now turn their tassels weighing did add it. So now they're up to a total of 30 of the 38 uh, students are now ready to cross the stage according to the district. That's good news, but man, just imagine you were one of the five that were eligible to graduate out of 33, five out of 33 at the beginning. That would have made me shocked at everyone. I would have called a lot of people stupid. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I would have called a lot of people stupid because when you think of people not being able to graduate or even just walk across the stage, you always think it's because of grades. You don't think it's because of attendance or any type of documentation issues, any of that. Usually when you are a student, it's always because of your grades. That's it. Now, if you were part of the people that did, were not eligible to graduate at that time, that was probably one of the most bone-chilling moments in your life. You would have really questioned everything, probably even throwing a fit or two to probably try to figure out what is going on, why am I not eligible to graduate, What's the deal? Who is screwing with me? I would have loved to be in some of these family rooms just to hear the conversations to why Austin wasn't graduating or a Lindsay wasn't graduating or Brittany wasn't graduating. Like these kids were not eligible to graduate at the time. Now that these situations have been well taken care of, 27 of the 33 have now eligible to graduate. So let's do the math here. What? There's only 22 students that had the work done to figure out what they could do to change it up so they could graduate. So that's good for them that they got the work done. But just think about being in those rooms and hearing the parents and the kids have those conversations with the school district, with the schools to try to figure out why isn't my kid graduating? God, I would have loved to be in those rooms. Because being in those rooms, you would have heard certain things you would have never heard before. You would have probably have heard certain kids talk about having problems with teachers that, you know what, this is the problem. I've had problems with this teacher all year. That's the reason why I failed this class or that's the reason why I skipped this class or whatever the case may be. Dude, I would have loved to be in those rooms, but hey, man, it is what it is. And I'm glad that those kids there are able to uh, fix the situation. I'm glad that they were and I'm glad they're able to uh, 
graduate because boy oh boy just imagine having to redo the exact same grade again next school year that would have been terrible and trash so again i'm happy that the kids got their crap figured out and brava now with all that being said i didn't mention this earlier in the show so i have to mention this now for the people that are unaware i have a wednesday show called a midweek breakdown where i talk about things that I want to talk about. It could probably be miscellaneous stuff or it could be stuff that I stay on one said topic. This past week, I talked about children and I talked about the protection of children because there were a couple of cases that happened this past week that I don't think people know anything about. If you want to listen to that, it's on the Wednesday episode that you can check out now. And also this upcoming Wednesday, I'll be talking about Succession since tonight is going to be their last episode of the whole entire series. I would suggest you go and watch the series on HBO Max. Well, excuse me, Max now since they did the whole do away with it. Um, Go and watch the whole entire series and you'll hear from me talk about what I thought about the series finale and how the whole series played out in general on Wednesday's episode of the Midweek Breakdown. And... For my wrestling people, I have a wrestling episode, Wrestling Highlights of the Week, on Saturdays as usual, but I will be coming out with a pay-per-view review, pay-per-views, because WWE and AEW, they had pay-per-views this past week. Tonight, if you're listening to this on a Sunday, you have NXT Roadblock and AEW uh, Double or Nothing on their pay-per-views tonight. Yesterday was Night of Champions for WWE. I'll be giving you my reviews for these shows tomorrow, and I think that's everything. Now it's time for me to get you guys out of here after I did the promotion. I want to thank all the podcast sites that I'm on. I want to thank you guys because without you, there will be no way I'll be giving this out to the people that download it. That's you guys, the listeners. So I want to thank you guys, the listeners. And I want you guys to have a great Memorial Day weekend. And always remember, I love you, I love you, I love I do love you guys. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Now remember, this is still Mental Health uh, Awareness Month, so please go see a psychiatrist or a therapist for all your needs. And if you don't have anybody in your life that you think you could talk to, my email is in the description, so you can email me and talk to me, and then our conversation between each other will stay privately between me and you. Now, again, have a great Sunday. Have a great rest of your week. This has been my Two Sins Podcast presented by G2. He is I name him. I love you guys. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired, you tired, Uh Jesus wept.